I have so many thoughts about the male gaze. Like, honestly, it, it just sickens me. I, Russell Westbrook and Harry Styles are going to have men wearing skirts. Stop wearing skirts if you don't have good legs. I feel like I actually have a lot to say. You can have both masculine and feminine energy. As a self-proclaimed tomboy growing up. The more research I did, I just felt more confused. Male gaze even to men. That's it's crazy. so toxic. <laughs> there are women, like we said, who weaponize their femininity. Like women got it down pat. All right, welcome to All the Calamity, a podcast where we discuss all the calamity in the world and how we're surviving the chaos. I'm your co-host, Zoe, and I'm joined here by my sisters and co-hosts, Kirsten and Karis. All right, guys. So the title of today's episode is Man, I Feel Like a Woman. And and we're going to be discussing femininity. We're going to be discussing womanhood, what it means to support other women, what that looks like. So who wants to get us started? Well, I guess I'll get us started today. I feel like I actually have a lot to say about what I think femininity versus like womanhood is or just how I've experienced it in life. So as a self-proclaimed tomboy growing up, I definitely didn't feel much of a, a closeness to femininity. So, you know, as a child playing sports, I hung out mostly with guys. I felt like, unfortunately, there was such a connection. Like if you weren't feminine that you were underperforming air quotes as a woman or that those things were synonymous with each other and I didn't really understand how femininity itself is is a cultural thing versus what womanhood is so I feel like as a young person I had sort of like a negative view on femininity just because I felt like it was something that I had to perform Versus just something that I was, which is what being a woman is. Like, it's something that you are. I don't know. It was just weird growing up. So I didn't have a very good relationship with it. I honestly have to say, like, I looked at a lot of different articles before coming here today for this segment because I felt so inequipped to kind of have this conversation. Because if I'm being honest, I never really thought about the difference between femininity and womanhood. I had my own personal definition. Like, if you just put me on the spot, but I was like... Is that really what it is? Like, is there a more um, widely accepted definition? For me, the way I thought about it was like femininity is a place from which like your behavior comes. So anyone can be feminine or do feminine things or have feminine energy, right? Femininity is like almost like a set of traits. Like that's how I saw it. Like you can be nurturing, compassionate, sensitive like to me those are like feminine traits that anyone can have but womanhood to me was almost like a lived experience of being a woman or the journey of being a woman that's kind of how I saw the two but then like the more research I did I just felt more confused because I don't know that there's like really consensus on what that means it seems like everyone's kind of drawing from a more personal place There's this article by Alan Shee with UC Berkeley. It's titled, Just Like Toxic Masculinity, Toxic Femininity is a Threat to Gender Equality. So I'll actually be referencing this article a little later on when we talk about toxic femininity. There's a quote in here by Devin Price, and it says, Sexism is focused on robbing women of status and rights. Toxic femininity is about defining womanhood so shallowly that a woman feels degendered by basic human acts or neutral preferences. In a sense, kind of what you were talking about, that 
there's such a shallow definition of womanhood that anyone who like doesn't like pink or doesn't like do these things or wear dresses is instantly like degendered. They've lost their right to womanhood or like they're not girly enough, air quotes. That's just my first two cents. I don't know if anyone else wants to chime in. Yeah, I mean, I I feel very similarly to a lot of the points that you all made, um, but I do have a little bit of a differing opinion. I agree that I, I also noted in my notes before coming here that womanhood is more just the state of being a woman in this world. And I think also there's a point where you have a realization of like what that means, how that changes your experience in the world. Um, but then femininity, femininity, that word is going to catch us today. Okay, masculinity first, and now it's femininity. It's the Nemo. Right. But then I noted femininity as um, kind of like Zoe alluded to, that you can have both masculine and feminine energy. And I think for me, femininity denotes more so embracing the feminine energy. To me, I've been on a journey of finding out what and when I feel closest to that feminine side and celebrating that. I think like Zoe said, and like Harris was talking about, like having those kind of those gender roles are things that you are supposed to like or do as a girl or traits and behaviors. And there's a lot of pressure around that that I don't necessarily agree with. But I feel like when I look at it more so in terms of what can each individual do to feel closest to their feminine side? To me, you can't really go wrong. Like, it's not a good or bad thing. It's a celebration of a part of who you are anyway. Obviously, there are things that we do that may be attributed more to our masculine side, which isn't necessarily bad. But I do think as women, it's powerful to lean into your feminine energy as well. I really enjoy the fact that I'm a woman or the fact that we can do certain things without being judged for it. Like we can worry about our appearance if we want to. We can like celebrate or more so like adorn ourselves or like, look, it's on some, I was gonna do that anyway because that's just who I am energy. Right. And that's how I feel about it. So it's like, I'm glad that I get to be a woman because I get to live out that full experience. And I there are good and bad things that come with that. But I think I've, chosen especially in more recent years to really really embrace it and determine and pinpoint what it is that I feel connects me to that feminine side if that makes sense yeah yeah I guess the only thing I would say to that is as you're saying it I I guess and this is what the discussion is about as you're talking about certain things it still sounds like to me femininity versus being an actual woman like you're saying you like the fact that as a woman you can sort of be more attuned to your appearance and things like that and not be judged for it but that's still cultural so it's like is that no, no my point was that it's up to you what you feel connect I guess I didn't make that clear to me it is what you feel connects you to your feminine side and for me personally that is something that does and I'm glad that I get to experience okay. it in that way but it may look different you embracing your feminine side could look different. Like for instance, I feel like I struggle with being soft. I don't know if that if that would be the right word. To me, I know I would feel closer to my feminine side if I communicated more softly. I think maybe like when I'm out in the world, I'm more conscious of it. So I do it a little bit more on purpose, but especially within my immediate family or like sometimes maybe my closest friends. To me, I don't communicate in a way that's like, feminine and I know like you can have a differing opinion on what is feminine what is not but to me I don't feel as feminine in that way and it's again it's not like oh that's good or that's bad but it's like what do you want to connect to more in a certain moment 
And I would feel better about myself if I more often decided to communicate less aggressively. But sometimes you need to be aggressive. Sometimes you need to be really assertive. I think people get a little in their feelings because it's like, oh, don't attribute that as a feminine trait. I'm a woman. I can be assertive too. But it's like, We're not saying one is good or one is bad. I mean, some people are, but I'm not. And I think it's knowing your power as a woman, like the state of being a woman. And then you can choose to, oh, this part of femininity I want to embrace. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. You saying that reminded me like, I don't, well, I know Kirsten knows what this is, but I don't know if everyone listening knows what the financial diet is, but it's a, a YouTube channel that is run by, I think her name is Chelsea, but I don't know her full name, but she talks about finances on YouTube, but she also does kind of commentary videos as well. And so she did this video about basically Chelsea, like, we'd love to have you on the show, <laughs> I'm just putting that there. <laughs> but the girl boss era and like basically the girl boss era being dead and why that happened. And basically she was saying it because it just centered white women had the closest availability to the patriarchy anyway. So it was like wealthy white women who had a proximity to like wealthy white men and then just kind of like stepping on other people to like assert the same dominance of the patriarchy onto other people and being like, I'm a boss. And it's like, but you're just doing all the same things that men do. So like, how is this different? Right. She basically talked about like, for instance, like the popularity of the term like lean in from that book that came out. I can't remember the author's name, but basically talked about women basically taking on these like aggressive male traits and behaving in the same ways that men do in boardroom meetings and all this different stuff. And she was saying like, why instead of telling women things like don't say sorry, don't apologize. She was like, maybe a lot of women actually say sorry and qualify their statements because they understand that sometimes you need to apologize and sometimes you might not know the most on a particular topic so you're letting people know like hey I'm actually not sure about this but this is what I think and the problem isn't women saying that it's being in an environment where people don't respect that and take advantage of that and like brush over everything you have to say because you are having that self-awareness she was like instead we should be encouraging men to say sorry more and men to qualify their statements more, not right. stripping women of the like very things, like these feminine traits that are actually good qualities to have for everyone. Like instead of just making them like toxic men, like why not honor those things? So Yeah. And obviously it's a spectrum, like, and there's a balance to it. Like maybe there are times where you can't be 100% feminine and one or 100% masculine and one learning spending time and taking the time to learn that balance within yourself where you feel most comfortable and where you feel the most authentic and then allowing other people to do the same I think we would all benefit from that oh yeah for yeah. sure my my young self definitely would have benefited from that and I wish she would have known back in a day because I feel like my the way I was or maybe, maybe not fully the way I was taught it, but the way I perceived it was it was one or the other. You either wear dresses all the time, love it, you know, spin around in the sun. I don't know what what children were doing back then. Or it's like completely go against it and you only hang out with guys. You only wear masculine clothes, da, da, this that, and the other. And there was no sort of, oh, when I want to, wear a dress I can when I want to do this I can when I don't want to it's perfectly fine and that doesn't invalidate you as a woman or invalidate your experience with femininity or be like something that you don't have to kind of again like put on like a costume like 
I think that's the bad part when you have to like perform femininity and you realize it's generally just for men anyway like they only mm-hmm. want you to do that mm-hmm. for men it's like but the thing is even when you do then men have everything to everything. say everything yeah like it's, it's a, like you it's cannot lose, lose. You like you literally win. i was like look if i'm gonna be out here losing regardless i might as well be comfortable and right. physically I, wearing not wearing dresses or certain things when i was young would make me more comfortable just personally so yeah i think i have so many thoughts about the male gaze like honestly it, it just mm. sickens me like it makes me so angry it's a, quite literal sometimes a man gazing at, at you or like just yeah. looking at you while you're going about your life like right. and feeling that pressure but it's also a metaphorical or a, a sense as well the world through their eyes right and it's sad that we have to are oftentimes look at ourselves through their eyes first and i have to really correct myself when I do that. And it's like, no, what do you think about that? Like, how do you want to feel? But I think also I wanted to mention what Karis was saying earlier about like gender norms and um, certain traits being like a cultural thing. And it's so true because we'll have an, spoiler, we will have an episode a little bit more focused on this topic later on. I don't know if any of our listeners are familiar with K-pop. The Korean entertainment industry are the Hallyu wave. During my college years, I was really, really into K-pop, which is Korean pop music. Um, can you, because uh, people might not be able to do the math on that, can you let them know, like, kind of what year that was around? Oh, wow, are you trying to date me? Like, why would you well, date well, me? Well, no, I just, I just think for context, it, I don't think I gave my age, actually. It makes sense to probably, like, what you're you about to say. You older in college, you know. Yeah. So well, so let me think about it. In college, I that would have been, like, six years ago since i've graduated it was probably during my sophomore year that i'm referring to like sophomore through senior year so that might have been what like eight years ago so like 2015 yeah something like that but i was really into korean music i say that to say though if you're into k-pop you know like there's this like very fan girl culture especially a lot of the guy groups and to me like I'll put my parents out there. Like our parents would see some of the music videos that I would Why watch. Put them out there because like I have to make my point. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure other people as well, especially in Western cultures. And they saw the men and they thought they looked really, really feminine. Yeah. And I did not understand that. So for instance, it would be things like, well, one in music videos, like they would wear makeup, but particularly um, they would have on eyeliner. And it's really interesting because at first sight, my parents, it went through like a certain filter and it's like, oh, makeup, eyeliner, feminine, right? But to me, like, and I even think in in that industry, like in Korea, to me, it seems so masculine. Like it seems so fierce, like right. having very dark eyeliner in a lot of the music they are putting out to me it was especially if it was like hip-hop or like grungier when i saw that it was like oh that's very masculine like that's giving very like just i don't know it was giving off to me very like sign me up for the next war okay <laughs> sorry only some people will even get that quote <laughs> yeah but those are the true fans that's, I know. that's, that's the you, target audience here that's from, it's like then. one of those like it's like a dog whistle like i always think of inside <laughs> jokes like that like it's we like you call our it, fans it. dogs okay okay <laughs> <laughs> there's another word we could use instead <laughs> bet <laughs> but um oh and another thing i want to bring up on that same note i was with a male friend the other day and we somehow got on the topic of like handbags and, and purses or whatever and like really nice ones like designer or whatever and i remember him saying like he always wanted like a ysl purse or a handbag and, and one it just makes carrying things like so much easier 
And he was like, but obviously not in the cards for me. Like that would never happen. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy, guys. The cultural things we decided, what is okay and what is not okay. And this is what I mean in terms of what you're attributing to your masculine or feminine side. And sometimes it is up to you because it's like, well, if he wants to carry a purse, what on earth makes that feminine if he's not thinking of it in that way? Right. Now, for some it's people- It's like literally a practical- Right. Now, for <laughs> some people, they could say, that makes me feel more feminine. So that is a way I'm going to connect to my feminine side. But if that's not the purpose of it, then it's not feminine. But also, I actually do have a problem with that because it's the people hang their femininity and masculinity on weird things. I I don't think there's anything wrong with like, oh, I feel even more feminine when I do these things or have these things or whatever. If someone took those things away and suddenly you don't feel feminine or masculine anymore, that's a problem to me because I feel like so many men especially like hang their masculinity on such shallow things. Also, that's when it gets dangerous because I feel like there are situations in which men act like other people are taking their masculinity away. And it's like, that's a who you are on the inside thing. No one can take that from you. Again, like I said, I was going to do that anyway because that's just who I am. that's, That's what I'm saying. It's like, just because, because I think more so, here's the thing. I think people who do that, they're more so thinking about how people are going to perceive them them as either masculine or feminine. Even to men, that's crazy. It's so toxic. (laughs) I never even thought about that way, like how the male gaze affects men. Men. You know what's so? I see this as so manly. Like, for instance, if that guy wore that purse and like he was still very much confident in his masculinity, that that's even more manly. Like, because it's like no one is going to like take this from me. This is just who I am. I can sit in this and have a purse. What are y'all going right. to do about and it? And the funniest thing is the way like other men will be mad. And then all the ladies right. are like, y'all just jealous because y'all couldn't <laughs> pull it off. That like, part. <laughs> I think this is actually coming back and becoming a little bit more normal. But like, I know Ty Dallas, I used to do it like painting your nails. Yeah. Painting your nails as a man. And usually they do it in a way that's a little bit less polished. No pun intended, like not nail polish, but like polished. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, A little less manicured. (laughs) Even though that's that's changing too. Yeah. But to me, it's like, again, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but it's like you kind of give it it, the energy. And I keep using the word energy, but like, I feel like that's kind of the only way to really explain it. Like the best example of that, the way I saw it and also experienced like that same thing Kirsten is saying to go back to K-pop is that. When I was younger, there were certain things that I saw as masculine. And then when I started watching K-pop and, again, the eyeliner, they wore big earrings, which you yeah. normally didn't see men do. Some of the style choices throughout the years that they would make. I feel like when you say big earrings, it makes it sound like they're wearing like Hoops. big hoop earrings. Do you Some just of mean them like, do. <laughs> well, usually they'll wear like yeah, no, but they're But like very you know, prominent earrings are yeah. like dangly earrings. Dangly. Like something yeah, that you can something, see. But to them, those are man earrings. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, just like... uh prominent earrings and things like that and i initially would have seen those things as very feminine honestly now i see them as pretty masculine things or like i find it attractive on men when they do wear them and it's just like very interesting or like having their nails painted things like that or just being artistic really like in the way that you dress it's not just this cookie cutter white shirt blazer black like nothing wrong with that i'm not saying anything like that russell westbrook and harry styles are gonna have men wearing skirts you know, like I mean, they really gonna have y'all next season. I personally, here's what I have to say about <laughs> men wearing skirts: stop wearing skirts if you don't have good legs. I'm so oh my tired God. of it. Well, yeah, now, are, we, are we talking about skirts that expose your legs though? Yeah, because there's like really long yeah. ones. You could have maxi. Uh, 
I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know how I would like a maxi skirt. That's you me say personally. that, but I feel like I've seen it done right. Yeah, because you have other thing. skirts that flatter. Than yeah, not that like is a the male only. Figure. That is the only thing in this argument. I feel like people be like, you know, men should be able to wear whatever they want. I'm okay with that. Fine. Wear something that looks good on you, though. Like, I don't understand why that argument means throw style out of, you know, out know. the window. If it looks good on you, then it looks good on you. If it doesn't, can't we just say you don't look good in that? It's not because it's a dress or a skirt. It's because it's a skirt or a dress that do not accentuate your figure. <laughs> like, man, y'all can't just be like, well, you know, it's 2021. I'm like, come on, though. But also, body positivity, Karen. No. What does it have to do no. with style? Don't get me we gonna talk about that, too. No, you can, you can have... Another episode. Oh, uh, we need to get the toxic feminine. <laughs> oh, wait, I did have one more thing. Actually, two more things. <laughs> We're at 30 minutes already. This is going to be a I longer know. episode. But I do also want to mention there's, there's a such thing as preference guys and like people are so allowed to have their preference and the reason i say that is because i'm hearing this and it's like okay i don't necessarily want my man to wear a skirt and that's okay but it doesn't take away from the masculinity it's just maybe that's not your preference just like a, some people don't like beards yeah you can still have exactly you can still have your a preference of a exactly preference of a presentation and that's okay but i think i also some people this may go over their heads or it's like I mean I wouldn't even have thought of that but maybe I'm thinking about this in terms of my own father like maybe what he would think about certain things um and I think a lot of men maybe of his generation but I'm like okay if you have all these staunch ideas on what's masculine and feminine something like smelling good at one point would have probably been considered very Feminine. feminine but I think clearly we've normalized men like hopefully smelling good like having cologne or something <laughs> it's a very it can be a very attractive thing and i think that's all i I'm argue saying. the most attractive thing exactly that's all i'm saying is like it can change based on how you're embracing it you know let's no you just you feel know? like a good human being <laughs> clean <laughs> like you know, clean hopefully. but yeah that's all i wanted to say on that so Speaking of all these things, I think when people think of femininity and they think of masculinity, like I've had conversations where I'm talking to people about these things and I realize the traits that they ascribe to both femininity and masculinity are actually traits of toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. And by the way, toxic femininity is very much a thing. And I don't think we talk about it enough. It is toxic masculinity's younger sister, and it's a problem. Older sister. I don't or, know. yeah, maybe the older sister. I don't know. Cousin. Cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, let's talk about it, because we have here toxic femininity is not the answer to the patriarchy, and I agree wholeheartedly. What do you guys um, think I'm sick of it. Well, I, like... Oh, go ahead. No, Kara so... Said, I have thoughts. You know, <laughs> and I don't want to call specific people out, but I very much so see this in the music industry, and I blame, because it's the same people behind it that it was behind all the issues before in the music industry in the sense of especially with black artists and how we're being promoted but sort of the new wave or new generation of female artists honestly not even that new but just so the way female artists often are promoted as these hyper sexual or that's like the whole kind of point it's like we're taking back this thing that men have done half naked men in your music videos and just them as like bodies or all these sort of all this sort of stuff constantly and it's like i'm not saying you can't do that but i hate how that's paired with sort of like female empowerment and it's just like how is that empowering me you're just doing what men did to women i'm still poor 
what are you gonna do <laughs> about like, it? Uh, Not the person in the music video. You know, <laughs> it's just like it doesn't make sense. So I'm like, if you want to promote yourself that way, that is your choice, and that's you know that's fine if that's the choice you want to make. I don't like this sort of this dialogue that women who do that are empowering the entire female race. I said female race. Yeah, yeah I was like, I was like, race is that a thing? Like, I just smart. imagine checking a racial box and no, no, like, no. I identify as a female race. That's a female race. Uh, like the dialogue that uh, female artists that do that are like empowering all females or all women. I think it equally disenfranchises just as many women as it empowers. So mm. I don't think you can sit there and just be like, oh yeah, this is like, you know, I'm doing it for women. I'm doing this. And honestly, sadly, there's a lot of men behind these choices anyway. So it just doesn't make sense to me because you're doing this through labels that are owned by white people and then production people and directors who are white. Let's be specific because um, you're talking about black female artists. Yeah, I'm specifically talking about black female artists. White female artists do it as well, but I feel like it's very much so with black and female art- artists that this is uh, promoted. Maybe another example, because I know you said like, for instance, having like half naked men in their videos, but like, what are other examples that you're seeing? Just in general, the even the content of a lot of the music, it's just all based on sexuality, and that's it. Not to say I don't understand. I completely get why that's a thing, and I actually do understand people who say that empowered. That makes me feel empowered just because of the way the patriarchy has demonized, stifled. yeah, like uh, mm-hmm. sexuality and women. But it's just like. That's not all it means to be a woman. Yeah, and they I all think. keep promoting it like it is now. And it's just like, I don't feel any better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think because, and this is kind of adding a lot more nuance to the conversation because we are talking specifically in this case about black female artists. My problem with it is I think as a black female artist, there's this idea that like that's all you can be. Like I've talked about this like as it relates to YouTube, like the black women that you see popular on YouTube are all either comedic or in beauty and if you are just like a regular schmegular black girl like we're seeing this a little differently now with like commentary channels but there was a point where it's like if you were just a regular black girl doing some of like the basic content that other women were doing like you weren't going to be successful like a day in the life exactly stuff like that and i feel like it's the same in the music industry where it's like as a black girl like you couldn't just be like a little singer songwriter you couldn't be like an indie IRE. And even India, like she was such an anomaly because like there's only really one of her that we can think of. Like you couldn't just put out certain types of music. You had to be hypersexual. And I find even artists that I really liked at some point or even still like as artists. But at one point they had to cross that threshold over into hypersexuality to become popular or to become mainstream. And to me, it sends a bad message to black women as it as a whole because it says this is all you can be this is all you are to society this is your only power this is your only value so it's like i'm not necessarily criticizing the individual artist because it's like yes you're allowed to do what you want but if this is the only type of artist that is being seen or is being given visibility why don't we ask why yeah and who's doing it white people yeah. And we just are supposed to sit here and act like that's not the case. Like it's not white executives that making these decisions. But yeah. And I think what it also shows is that it's giving the message that toxic masculinity and toxic femininity is the only way women can overpower the patriarchy. They're not realizing that, oh, like we're actually just reinforcing the patriarchy. It's like, oh, be more like a man. And now you're a girl boss. Or it's like the way men- women can just have all these toxic traits and stand in them and be firm in them and that's standing up to the man and it's like 
no, like you're missing that. Like there are so many positive traits to femininity that both men and women should have. And women embracing those things is a power in and of itself because it balances society. Men should be embracing them too, but it's like if women have to start there, that's where we should start. Yeah, and I think, I am sorry, I have to call out the women here. We're talking about toxic femininity. And one of the things that I feel like especially in the current culture that is very toxic for women, an attitude that we have that I feel like is very toxic. I feel like these days there are a lot of women who have this, I want to have my cake and eat it too mentality. And what I mean by that is even when you look at, I know we talked about dating the other week, even if you look at that type of the dating culture and how on one end we have these women really successful, maybe very educated, making more money and kind of have this like, I don't need a man type of attitude. But then we're also like, if this man doesn't have this much money and you don't pay for my date and you do this or you do that bye. like, I don't know, to me, it's a very like harsh. Um, yeah. I keep saying attitude because I can't think of another word, but like, it's a very harsh way of expressing what you think is femininity it's like a weird i'm a woman so i'm gonna need you to take out the trash and it's like i'm not saying that those things are not something you would you may want out of a guy i'm not saying there's anything wrong with wanting someone who treats you a certain way or who moves a certain way i don't think there's anything wrong with that but i think those things are more so a result of you actually living or existing in your feminine energy more so and I think for a guy who is leaning, maybe, and this could be controversial, I don't know if I'm, I'm explaining it the right way, but for a guy maybe who is leaning more in his masculine energy, if you guys come together, those certain things would naturally happen. Like he would maybe naturally want to lead or take initiative or want to pay for your date. It's not a requirement. It's just that may happen. Like you don't have to be so like, I don't know. Like, does anyone yeah. have thoughts on that? I, I just feel like, like we're living in a weird time. A lot of thoughts because I feel like honestly I'm seeing in both men and women that both men and women want to have their cake and eat it too. Yes. Oh, that's because there thing are that men really who say me. things like I thought you said female empowerment, so I let her pay for right. it. And like I remember I was listening I to some radio show, door. right? Or like um, it was a man like he asked on the date at some point he found out how much she made and she made a lot of money and uh, like a lot more than him. So when it came to the end of the date, he did not offer to pay at all. He expected her to pay for it. He didn't see what the problem was because he's like, women always talk about like female empowerment and stuff like this. So like, why was that an issue? Like, why did that put her off? Right. And it's like, to me, it's not so much how you exist in the prescribed roles of like being masculine or being feminine. It's honestly just like an attitude in you as a person. Like, why would you do that to another person? Just assume when y'all both ate, like, you know what I mean? I think really briefly, because we were talking about toxic masculinity, toxic femininity, but I don't know that we've actually defined toxic femininity. I know we've defined toxic masculinity on like previous episodes. I'm reading again from the article by Alan Shu, but um, it says traditional feminine qualities include empathy, compassion, and nurturing, but it's possible for these traits to turn toxic when they're used to undermine others. Toxic femininity arises from a history of male dominance when women usually didn't have the power or influence to overpower men. It was more effective to use subtler forms of warfare to get their way rather than violence. Manipulation. So exactly, manipulation. Women in some instances infantilizing themselves and then weaponizing their femininity against other people. Crying on cue. Crying on way. cue. 
Exactly. These are elements White of toxic. White women got it down pack. <laughs> don't come for their necks. Not all of you guys. I love the gingers, but I'm just saying. What? Some of the- <laughs> I just said that as a joke. You don't have to keep that in, uh, clearly. I Honestly, mean, I think it's funny. But yeah, so that's like toxic femininity. And I feel like a lot of women use that. There are a lot of women who want to maintain toxic femininity. They want to maintain traditional gender roles except when they don't want to. And so it's like they want a man to be a provider. They like they want all these like very specific things out of a Guys, man. It it comes down to what we kind of talked about in our last dating episode. Go listen to it if you haven't. Yes. But it comes down to compatibility cuz like I said you can want that in a partner. Yeah. And they can and want it. someone. You know, it depends on what you guys want in your relationship. But I think there's a difference between saying, "Oh, this is what I want in a person" Versus this is what a man has to be. And if you don't do these things, then you're not a real man. But then say that you believe in like female empowerment and all these. It's just a weird thing to me. It's like you want to have your cake and eat it too. And you don't have to basically tell someone like, oh, you're not man enough because you're too sensitive. And I saw you when we were watching that movie. You started crying and that was just gross to me. You don't have to do that to someone just because that's not what you prefer in a person. Be like, I'm this type of person and I prefer someone who's a little more less emotional because I think that balances me out. That's a compatibility thing. But don't make it a like, oh, you're not man enough because you have these feminine qualities, you know? Yeah. And I I think that in the same way I said the male gaze has really stifled women, it's clearly stifled men as well. And one thing that I always think of and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry for men sometimes. What happens to that poor guy who is like scared of spiders or something? Yes. It's like, you know, we as a woman and I'm even speaking for myself, like it's between you and a man that's in the room, like and there's like either a bug or God forbid, like a small animal, like something. Yeah. Like (laughs) something like that. It's like I would move out the way for the man to take care of it. Like, handle your business. Right. And it's like, oh, gosh, sucks to be a man when it's like, if you are naturally afraid of those things, that's rough. And to me, like, I'm fine with, okay, if I was in a relationship and, for instance, let's say the guy did have a fear of spiders. I personally am not that afraid of spiders, right? So it's like, I don't mind taking that one for the team, you know, if I have to get rid of, you know, if I have to do what I have to do. But, like, for instance, me, I'm deathly afraid of lizards. So to me, that's non-negotiable. If you won't take care of a lizard for me... (laughs) Like it ain't gonna work. It's not gonna work. I love how there are uh, listeners probably listening in horror right now. Like you would off a lizard. Like (laughs) look, he can put it outside. I don't care. Just get rid of it. But yeah, I think it comes down to also like Zoe was saying. It's not always so much of like oh, what makes you like more of a man or or not. If my partner or just a friend or whoever knew that I was afraid of that. If you're like a decent person, it's like even if you you yourself were a little afraid, you you know be like okay like. I'm going to take care of this for you though. Like, because I'm a decent person. Because I love you. Yeah. Like, well, I'm, I'm saying like, even if it's not a partner or anything. Oh. You can love somebody. And yeah, that's true. Your friend but, should love you. Yeah, there may be times where you do have to like, just whether you're a man or a woman, like just be, go outside of your comfort zone, be brave or whatever. I think the, and the last thing I do want to say about like toxic femininity is just that ladies, watch your energy. And I say that not so much watch your energy in terms of or because of how it may come across to others, because I think we're so used to like, you can't do this, you can't do that, or you should do this and you should do that as a woman. So not because of that or not in in that way, but watch your energy because 
of how literally it affects you. I feel like women are becoming sicker and sicker, like be at peace with yourself. And a lot of times that will allow you to embrace your femininity. Your femininity should not be contingent upon other people and how they do or don't move. I just want to put this out there because I know this may be a lot of people's story. I know a lot of people, let's say they grew up with single mothers and it's like that mom had to be the mom and the dad. And those things are really unfortunate because that does happen a lot. And it's like, okay, well, what do you tell that woman? Like, and don't. Im- I will say, because I know there's like going to be people who's like, oh, like what is wrong with like having a single mother? Oh, it's no, not that. It's just like in our society, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, of no, the way was, our society that's is my set only point, up, is it's that, hard. For instance, if that mom is the sole provider, like yeah. if the sole protector, like those things that are generally attributed to men, then what do you tell that woman? This sounds so simple. And it's like, okay, well, how does that mom in the world that we live in, how would this mom really embrace that? But like, even just seeing that, like if that's your situation, like seeing her maybe have like self-care days when she can, like, I don't mean like going off to the spa and like expensive things if that's not within their means, but like literally coming home maybe from a long day at work, even if you do have to be the provider and lighting a candle for yourself, making sure you're eating a decent meal, like trying to take care of yourself and maybe leaning into that energy so that your children can see both sides and that you're not just, you know, like hardening yourself, yourself, hardening yourself. Like there is space for both. And I know women, like we do what we have to do, but just make sure that you're really, that you're truly taking care of yourself and embracing both sides and especially your, your feminine side where you can. All right, guys, this is a segment we call Say It Ain't So. And in this segment, one of us will have to share a story of something egregious that has happened to us, a friend or a loved one. But the fun doesn't end there. We raise the stakes by keeping a leaderboard of the wildest story week after week. And at the end of the season, we'll choose the winning story. So make sure to tune in each week to find out if this week's story will hold its lead. But without further ado, let's introduce this week's story. Brought to you by Karis. Okay, everybody. So on the topic of today, um, man, I feel like a woman. I have a story from when I was younger, not that young, but a teenager. I made a very bad choice to give myself an ugly haircut at some point. So I cut most of my hair off and I was going to a a male barber and he clearly wasn't used to cutting female hair. So I basically had like a fade, fades on the side, a sharp line. It was interesting. But anyway, during this time I had no style. So we were, we were getting there. I did look low key like a boy. We're not gonna get into it, but I look like kind of like a, a young boy. So <laughs> he said a young boy. Yeah, I was still younger though. Also, I dressed very not only more so masculine leaning, but also I, I didn't dress in a lot of bright colors. So I would often be wearing like black or gray or like brown things like that. So I didn't wear things you would attribute to being feminine. So I remember one day we went to the movie theater with my my parents and my two younger siblings. And so after we went to the movies, I don't know this. You know either. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, after we went to the movies, there's a, a restaurant inside of the same like complex or whatever. So we went out to eat. We're all sitting at the table and the waiter comes up and they're asking each of us, you know, what we would like. And then it gets to me. The waiter, I believe she said, what would you like? I don't think she said sir. Cause it young looked like, sir. A, I, yeah, like I was still young. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Young what man, something like, like that. Boy? <laughs> no, not little boy. <laughs> she either said young man or sir, something like that. At this point, honestly, it, it that had happened enough to me in public spaces where I didn't have a reaction to it. I would just like, I mean, I just gave her my order or whatever. 
But I think my my dad heard and was like, did you just call her a boy or whatever? I'm sitting there thinking like, oh God, because my dad's one of those people who will just keep talking and bringing stuff up. The waiter was like, oh no, no, I didn't. But my parents were so convinced that she had. He was like, are you sure? And I'm sitting there like, dude, let it go. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And she's like, no, no, I can see she's a very beautiful young woman, (laughs) right? She gets my order. She gets my order and then she walks away. And so then we sit for like the next five minutes, my dad and mom, not arguing, but debating over whether she called me a boy or not. And sitting there and my dad was like, I'm pretty sure she did call you a boy and this, that, and the other. And I'm just sitting there basically hands together just like, what is he not understanding about he can let this go whether she did or didn't it's in the past okay and so she comes back and he brings it up again and he's like we're sitting here trying to figure it out we think you did call her a boy and i'm just oh like what is happening here so I'm, I'm yeah no my dad is very by the way he's laughing like he's not saying this in this very serious like he finds it funny and he's laughing and I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, look, it's not a big deal. I told the waitress, like, it's Kay. Like, I see, like, I have the, like, the kind of like a boy haircut, whatever, whatever. I'm not wearing something that would accentuate my figure. I, I had not much of a figure at that age anyway. But my dad did not let it go. I'm pretty sure he brought it up on the drive home again. Like, oh we, we, they just kept talking about it. Honestly, though, it made me a stronger person. Like, some people wouldn't have been able to get through that. They would have just had a breakdown. But I was like, look, I'm here. I'm living life. It's an experience in the bag. It's a story to tell. It's kind of funny looking back at it. Also kind of not funny looking back at it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my saying, God. Look at, I kept <laughs> looking back at it. <laughs> For those of you who can't see us, which is everyone... Um, Karish just looked back at yeah, it. I said it too many times not to look back at it. Yeah, no, that is my story. For anyone who has experienced this sort of thing and being called a man in public spaces in front of a lot of people. Or a girl. Yeah, that too. Like, a- yeah, either way. Look, we're stronger out here for it. And not because of it, but I don't know where I'm going with this. But yeah, we're, we're stronger and we're better for it, hopefully. Man, say it ain't so. It was in person. That woman, no, she... Yeah, no, she definitely called me a boy. She definitely did call me a boy. No, it's a very lovely young (laughs) man looking young woman. It's like, okay, ma'am, you ain't got (laughs) it. You ain't got it embellished. She has a lovely figure. (laughs) I love the way this outfit brings out the color in her eyes. I was sitting down, too, so it's like she couldn't see the majority of my body. You really miss so many opportunities to be like, I am a female. <laughs> I really should have. I really should. Hold, hold it down, down my mama. mama love you. I am legally blind. <laughs> I feel what like the there's so mean? many like memes and stuff we laugh at that if you know the full story, it's probably actually yeah, not, not funny. funny. It wasn't funny. <laughs> that was not funny. <laughs> she was headed to jail. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Please, guys, if this ever happens again, promise me you'll say I am a female. Well, it happens like every other day oh, at work, so. By somebody, usually it's because like a customer is act not looking at me. From I was about the to front. say like when you can see your face. I, okay, yeah, well, I'm gonna be honest. honest. You'd be a very str- oh, that's true. But I was like, you'd be a strange looking boy. <laughs> like I'm not. <laughs> like your face is very has very like like round feminine features. <laughs> yeah, no, but it does happen relatively often if like a customer is trying to get my attention from like behind or like the side of me and they can't actually really see me they're just like excuse me sir and i turn around they're like oh i'm so sorry and i'm just like it's, it's okay and then i'm like the mask like i make them feel good it, it was embarrassing one time 
It was embarrassing. I actually found it funny. But uh, I was in, you know, Zoe knows, we have a drum room where I work. And so I was in the drum room, and it's me. And there's these four other, like, teenage boys in there. And then a lady walks in, and she, I, my back was turned to her. And the guys are, like, to my left side. And she goes, excuse me, sir. And one by one, each of the black guys, like, turn around <laughs> and are like, yeah. And she's like, no, 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 I'm talking to him. <laughs> Oh my and then god. I turn around and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." <laughs> oh and I'm just like, "I know." Thank, honestly, thank you to those black guys that in there because they could have bust out laughing. You know how black people be? They yeah. could have bust out laughing, ran out the room, the whole nine yards. They didn't do anything. They didn't even make facial expressions. Nothing. I said, "Thank you y'all guys," because yeah, y'all honestly, the real ones. Because y'all could have been thing. laughing. If I were you. I'm not gonna lie. I probably would have cried when I got home and started doing squats. <laughs> 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 Look, we'll get, we're going to have an episode about that, too. Okay. Nah. But no, we, um, that basically concludes saying it. So, but we want to, we have, <laughs> okay, let me get it together. We do have one more thing we want to talk about. Um, <laughs> I'm not even editing that out. But we're talking about man. I feel like a woman. So I feel like we cannot be on this. <laughs> Are you done? Sorry, I thought, man, I feel like what would I look like? <laughs> look, it happens. L-O-L. It happens. But no, so we would be remiss to be on this topic and not talk about women empowerment. And I know we've talked about what isn't women empowerment, but I want to know from everyone, how do you define women empowerment and how does that look for you? To me... That looks like women holding each other accountable and being genuinely supportive of each other. That's what that looks like to me. Okay. To me, that looks like changing the entire structure of our world. I want to say the world, but let's just keep it to America, but a lot of the world too, especially the American system and how it's set up. Because I don't think this world, I said world again. Yeah, I'm just say the world. I don't think this world generally enables women to even be empowered the whole structure is kind of like we have to fight against it to feel important in any sort of way and it's just like that's just way too much can we just change it first so i just have like i feel like the empowerment in of itself is feeling like you can actually live a free Mm, life that part and it's like women don't have that luxury like at all in most places in the entire world i just feel like it's like women unfortunately don't have the luxury to just be out and about feel free so like talking about empowerment it's like can we start there with like the basic things like we can just feel safe to even fully be ourselves in public spaces like let alone i'd be at work the way i have to maneuver around weird like male customers that come into the store it's just not right i'm like what do y'all not understand about personal space like why are you following me like as you're talking to me on top of that we're in a pandemic like you should be not this close to me anyway men be weird and then you have to unfortunately as women shape how you are acting around them so you can feel safe in any way and it's like i can't even just be i think that's the start of it just being and that's like in almost every aspect of being a woman it's like i have to kind of wear again like this costume in some way to feel safe in our reality and that costume might look a little bit different for whatever situation you may be in or who you are and things like that but it's like i think that's the first step of empowering women 
allowing us to even just be the way men sort of get to just be because they still deal with toxic masculinity and the patriarchy affects them too but they just they just act like it doesn't the ability to just be in our own realities and in this world is like the first step because until you can do that i feel like it's all just sort of like a farce really like it doesn't really mean anything yeah yeah i would say for me women empowerment means i think it starts with the individual and then kind of umbrellas out to me first it starts with like a quiet confidence and this radical self-acceptance and not self-acceptance in the way that it's like you're not like healing or you're not a healed person but like using the self-acceptance to become a healed person so to speak and the reason I say quiet confidence is because I think obviously confidence for obvious reasons but I think the quiet part comes because I think sometimes when people aren't either fully healed or they are fighting against a society that doesn't value them they have to be loud about their confidence or lack thereof really exactly or like i said even if you are confident like feeling like you almost have to prove it i want women to get to the place where they no longer have to prove themselves constantly and i think seeing women that embrace one are quietly confident and are also have come to an acceptance of themselves whether physically even just like on an intellectual level like I think that empowers other women to do the same and then I think also getting to that place within yourself will allow women to raise their standards and teach people how to treat them if you are coming from a place of I hate this word, but like brokenness or if you're coming from a place of you're already coming from such a low place um, that makes it very hard for you to empower other women because you're not empowered (laughs) yourself. So like first getting to a place where you aren't down figuratively and that will allow you to help other women like get to that place and again, raise their standards. I mean, I said it already, but literally I think teaching people how to treat you is, is so important. I think women empowering women would kind of be like giving each person like the secret guidebook to like doing that but I think it starts with with that confidence so yeah this is a little random but it ties into something that Kara said because I feel like we didn't really talk about this this episode but just violence against women I was actually gonna that was my next point I genuinely feel especially like as a petite black woman I don't feel protected in society. I don't feel safe. And there are so many simple day-to-day things that I feel like I don't get to do just being in this body uh, because it makes me like a target. And not only a target, but a like a not protected target, like if that makes sense. So unfortunately, I feel like, for instance, walking on the city streets, like just simple things, like I'm walking to go get some food or... I used to walk to like go get my nails done and simple things like that. And just like the street harassment and like the threat to my safety was just overwhelming. And I remember I studied abroad in Japan and that was the first time I ever like I realized like, oh, wow, like I can actually have autonomy as like an adult woman. I feel comfortable going places by myself, like doing certain things. And yes, like there are. I guess more dangerous places in Japan. It's not to say like it's this utopia, but there's just a lot more safety like as a woman or like less things to be afraid of. There are just basic everyday things you can do like go walk and go like make groceries or whatever and not be afraid like you're going to be attacked. 
I just feel like for women, like it's really important to create a world in which women feel more safe. But I would also say like in that dialogue, for instance, like, you know, with the Me Too movement, we heard a lot of like believe women. And I actually really hate that phrase a lot, not because women should never be believed, but because I think it like lacks nuance. I think the phrase should be don't dismiss women because there are women who lie and there are women, like we said, who weaponize their femininity and that's like a possibility, but I think we need a society that doesn't dismiss women automatically and assume that they're lying. Like what they have to say should be fully taken into account and investigated because I think we live in a world where like a lot of women get abused, you know, in both childhood and adulthood, but a lot of boys and men are abused in childhood, some by women. And so I think we need to create a society in which femininity is embraced so that more people feel comfortable coming forward about things that have happened to them so that we make a society in which people feel safe. But women, obviously, I think suffer a lot more in adulthood from feeling unsafe generally because of the power dynamic. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I literally wrote one of my notes for this episode ironically was don't be afraid to be a woman and I I wrote that without even thinking at first because I was more when I said woman I was referring to more like femininity but I was like that is so ironic when we literally have to be afraid to be a woman um I hate that as women we go through life like having to fear whether our safety our livelihoods like you think about in the workplace like losing our jobs and honestly just our comfortability and that seems like such a small thing but when men don't necessarily have to walk around like fearing being uncomfortable all the time or fearing their discomfort. You know, why do women? In my head, I was like wondering whether or not I would say this because in my head, it's like I want solidarity and I don't want to necessarily be divisive. But I do have to call out, I'm going to say particularly black men. And here's I was why. Really trying not to do here's that, why. but I wanted to. Because I, I'm doing it in a in a way that I want I want us to do better and quite frankly I don't really care what white men do (laughs) so I mean it would be it would make the world much better if they would also take notes but at the end of the day yeah I don't and I don't really care but I will say when women especially black women like if I'm walking somewhere like in the city or just in general like if I'm going about my day and I have to like pass or be in contact with like a group of black men um, that's when I, uh, this can come off so wrong, but I'll explain it. I feel like that's when I feel the most unsafe when that's when that I should feel the most safe. That yeah. always breaks my heart. Like in spaces where I should literally feel the most safe, obviously being a woman. And then like, you think of like being around men, it's like, that should be like, if you think about them and subscribe to them being like protectors and stuff, like you should literally feel the most safe when it's quite literally the opposite. I just want, we talked about accountability, I think in a previous episode um, with men like holding each other accountable, but please change that culture. Um, I don't know what it is. It's partially the male gaze, literally just feeling sometimes objectified, um, which makes you feel unsafe. It could be literally them harassing you. And this is not to say that white men don't do that. Or, look, y'all got a lot of serial killers out there, so I'm going to just put that out there. So y'all need to handle y'all business and, and mass shooters. And shooters. Um, so y'all got a bunch of problems y'all need to take <laughs> care of. And clearly, toxic masculinity is <laughs> rampant in that community. Rampant. So I'm I'm just not, I'm choosing not to speak on that because, 
quite frankly, that's not my battle to fight. But I would say black men, please do better. And like, make sure when, and I, I talked to my brother about this and I, I'm so thankful that he has become one of those black men who I would hope someone would feel safer because they're around. Yeah. Um, make sure you're that person, please like stop harassing women, like stop like Stop thinking that's cute yeah it's not, it's not cute not. and a lot of times again the male gaze y'all are doing it for each other like mm-hmm. just stop it's weird so that like what makes you think i'm gonna just go on a little tangent what makes you think if there's one woman walking alone and there's a group of you that she would want you guys to one of you to like start talking to her or like to start talking about talking her, about her, her body. making noises wh- whistling whatever like what makes you think that that is something the attention she would want. I don't care what she's wearing. That's I don't a whole even care story. how she reacts because yeah. there are some women who might welcome that attention outwardly because they don't know what else to do. Yeah, and because probably subconsciously you're afraid. Even if you don't realize you're doing it out of fear, it's such a learned behavior to like preserve yourself at whatever cost. That trust me, you you don't necessarily want the attention. Like, and I'm not saying you never want any male attention. That's not what I'm saying. But not that type. Like, it's just uncalled for. Yeah, I think in general, just to kind of, I guess, give some context to what you're talking about. Like I recently watched a video that talked about like why black men tend to have certain, I'm trying to be careful about how I put this, but like why in essence, like black men can make black women feel so unsafe. And part of it is because like in our society, there is like a both a racial and a gendered hierarchy and so for black men in that hierarchy they're at the bottom like when it comes to men in the racial hierarchy right and so who is below them black woman Mm -hmm. and so in order for them to feel the power that as men they're told like in their gendered hierarchy as men they're told they're supposed to have when they're being basically oppressed by all these other men that they don't feel like they have like the power to go up against. It's like, okay, well, I can exert my power over this woman. And that's what's going to make me feel like a man. And unfortunately, I think in the same way, we don't talk about this enough. And this can sometimes perpetuate this cycle. I think there are a lot of women who actually do that with children. Mm. And the reason I did that, because just yesterday I was somewhere, I was at the mall and I was just, I wasn't even embarrassed because I know a lot of, black people like sometimes they'll get embarrassed if they see other black people like acting some type of way in public but that wasn't it I was just so sad it was well I would say a black family but it was like I guess a mom two older two black women with her and then like three young black children Mm. and I guess the children were kind of running around right and look thankfully I feel like in our community we're about that discipline yeah so you know we do put our the young ones in check when they need to be but Sometimes it's just done in such their own way. And I guess I would assume the mom literally started screaming and cussing at the child Mm -hmm. and grabbed them by the arm. Like, you know, when a child is running and like you grab them, like they kind of like kind of fly in the air. It sounds funny, but it was very, it felt very violent. And it was just, it broke my heart to see. Yeah. Like, and everyone was looking and it's like, I know she was doing it because she kept, and she kept saying this, like that you're embarrassing me to the child. Mm -hmm. And it was just so hard to see like this really horrible communication skills one. I don't even know. It was just sad. And I think understanding a context for it and. But see, a lot of people will say things like when black, 
there are certain black men who are like have all these negative opinions of black women and they are like you have a black mother blah blah this and the other and like in this video i was watching the person was like you mean the black mother that they resent Mm. and it doesn't mean that mother didn't like you were saying like you know there could be mothers like working really hard having to be protector and provider and maybe abandon the whole like nurturer aspect of it like it doesn't mean that mom wasn't doing the best that she knew how to do but a lot of children grow up like resenting if they didn't feel like they got certain things that they needed growing up for some black men they internalize that and project that on all black women some of the things Mm -hmm. that they resent about their mothers that they might not even say to their mother like they're not saying that they might not even understand that but they're actually projecting that and i thought that was like so interesting because it's like everyone punches down it's like you know for black women in society who is beneath you who like who do you have to like make you feel more like you have control And again, I don't want to make this like this is everyone. Everyone doesn't do this. But there are definitely women because they don't feel that sense of power in society. They take it out on their children. Mm -hmm. And if some of those children are boys, then those men grow up in a toxic society and have all these horrible ideas about women. So it's just, yeah, we've got to do better. It's a lot. Let's empower each other, guys. Yeah. So our next segment is Get a Clue. In this segment, one of us will talk about an issue that we have either dealt with in the past or one that is currently ailing us, then share some advice on how we can overcome it. Today, Kirsten will be sharing with us, so Kirsten, take it away. So for my good clue today, I just wanted to say, in a world where we're having to be involved with social media and the projected image of women in so many different ways, I would highly encourage us to one practice identifying what it is that you admire about other women that sounds really simple but i say this because i think it should be done as both an act of rejecting jealous tendencies and also an act of self-discovery honestly it's been a game changer for me because i feel like whatever it is about certain women either and i mean women that you either know personally women that you've seen or interacted with in passing i don't know there's always that woman it's like she walks into a room and you're like man like that's a woman like not in a weird way but it's just like i really for whatever reason like admire her or admire something about her but i would say for those women that have gained your respect that's also a reflection of you and your values so instead of being either jealous or comparing yourself because i don't think you have to be jealous to constantly compare yourself to other women instead of comparing yourself i urge each of you to dig deeper and find out one what your values say about you so do those values lead to growth because i think you can compare yourself or be jealous about certain things about women that it's like well maybe you shouldn't even be jealous of that in the first place so first identifying those things and finding out what those values say about you and if they if they do lead to growth instead of destruction (laughs) as the opposite pursue that instead of being jealous like pursue what it is that you admire and give yourself full reign to become your own unique interpretation of those values so for instance there are interviews that i watch whether it's certain celebrities or influencers and it's like man like you could think i really love their sense of humor like how they're effortlessly funny as a woman well instead of being like man like i'm not that 
like I'm not funny. I don't have a good sense of humor. Like if you value that in someone else, trust me, there is your own unique way that you can express that and you have that within yourself. First practice identifying those things in other women, what it is you really admire about them and then work on developing your own interpretation of that because it's in you, trust me. That's just something that really resonates with me in embracing my femininity and also just as being a woman, learning how to really and truly become the woman of my dreams. It starts with being transparent with yourself and then also allowing yourself to admire others in a healthy way. So yeah, that's my get a clue for this episode. Amen. It's a word. All right, guys. Well, that has been our episode. Man, I feel like a woman. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you want to keep up with our show and know when we have new episodes coming out and what we're going to talk about, make sure to follow us on Instagram at all the calamity and stay up to date with like what's going on. And don't be a stranger. Leave comments, like, interact with us. And yeah, we look forward to having a good time with you guys. All right. Until next time, stay safe out in the streets. Bye. Bye. I love how we all physically still wave, even though nobody can see us.